listener exclusive. It is a Monday, the 1st of August. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And Will, let's get straight into it. It seems like the only thing that could beat the Richmondy hoodoo was another even more powerful hoodoo, which is the Brisbane Lions cannot win at the MCG hoodoo. It was a battle of the hoodoos. Yeah. In fact, that, that would be a great theme round, yeah. hoodoo round, Yeah. where you see which is the most powerful hoodoo. You get two hoodoos up against each other, Yeah. and then you find out who is the hoodoo guru and who is the... I don't, I don't have another one. <laughs> hoodoo guru. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe that the hoodoo guru would be the expert commentary. Whoever's doing expert commentary in the match, that would be that would be the hoodoo guru. Would find out which hoodoo is more powerful, and then whoever's on the on boundary line, Daisy Pierce, would be the hoodoo guru and saying that yes, it seems like. I mean, to be forty-two points up against the Tigers and just be humming. I actually, because I think we recorded TOFOP when that game was on, and I remember looking at the score going, I okay. hadn't seen any of the score. Right. And you boldly declared that the finals <laughs> race was down to the Bulldogs in the side. I did. You are like, Richmond are done. They are out of it. Uh, yeah, I was, it, was, it just seemed to be in the bag. They were just running all over them. And then, you know, like so many, if you, does this year to you feel like more, more often than regular seasons, we've had games just momentum swings just happen like that you would not expect even in the saints game we, we ended up winning that but like you know we were 40 points up over the hawks and then almost lost that game as well do you think that's like a, a symptom of the the modern game is it the 666 rule what's going on i mean as somebody who watched my team kick four goals in a row and looked like they were unstoppable and then saw the opposition kick like 19 goals in a row I would say momentum, mo problems. <laughs> yeah, like this is the world that we live in now where it's you cannot get comfortable in a game. Like any of those indicators that you're – and, I mean, that does make for more exciting football. Mm. Like this idea that once a team gets a momentum swing that they can just absolutely change the entire game, it means that almost every game is still winnable right up until the final moments. And – even teams, even that way, like where you're like, oh, this team's kicked like five goals for three quarters. There's no way they could kick eight goals in the last quarter. Mm. Oh, well, it turns out there is. There is, in, yeah. In the modern game, there absolutely is. A mate of mine said a couple of years ago, and it's always stuck with me, first quarters mean nothing. Like, don't worry about it. Even if you don't score in the first quarter, another team kicks seven goals. Don't worry. But, and it's so true. Like, you've really just got to wait to the last minute. I mean, even think about the game last week with the with the Bombers you know what, the Pies come out and kick seven goals, look like unbeatable. Then the Bombers come out and kick eight goals, look unbeatable. And then at the end, it's just like you have no idea. And I have a bit of commentary around this round, or this year really in total, but this round in particular being like one of the best rounds ever and one of the best years ever. So if it's one of the best years ever, Will, why doesn't it feel good for us? How come we don't feel like it's the best year ever? Well, the best year ever doesn't one particular team, does it? That's well, I the suppose, that's right? the point, yeah. Like the best year ever is kind of, I mean, the fact that there are still 
I mean, look, I think perhaps I saw close up and we'll get to it, the team that is most likely to win the premiership mm. this year. But I still think there is a whole bunch of teams that like could, and that's great for the competition. It's just yeah. not great for our teams that are trying to get into that, <laughs> be yeah. one of those teams. I know. That's the, that's the thing. It's like in the year in which anyone could win it, in which it's the most open kind of final race yeah. in ages, which is, it sounds good on paper. He's like, oh, anyone can win it. But if you're one of yeah. you're a team like our that's middle of the, the middle of the table, it means all those guys around you could possibly get that last spot. And I just would have felt so relieved if Richmond had lost. I think the the issue was yes. there was no Richmondy. If they had been leading all game, they would have more likely have lost. But because they had to come from behind, and you know it's the MCG, and they got their fans there, like it was primed for the for for um, the Lions to lose. Now, personally, will. I'm happy that the the Tigers did win, apart from the Saints possibly missing out on that spot. Why? Because it sort of put an end for one week to Will Anderson's Richmondy. Now, it didn't bother <laughs> me at first, but Jared, this week on the well, last week, I should say on 360, doubled down. Listen to this little clip. Richmond aren't getting it done. Okay, and, and finding stranger and stranger oh. ways not How's to get your it Richie done. Mindy? How's Richmondy? Will Anderson's oh. Richmondy. You, you introduced <laughs> it, it and we're going This was extraordinary. It was. I mean, Will Anderson's Richmondy and then Robbo's like, Jared, you introduced it. Like, <laughs> within like two seconds, it's getting taken further and further away from me. It didn't bother me, but now it's I Will mean, Anderson's Richmond. Very, yeah, but I can see this becoming Jared Lee's Richmond very quickly based on the momentum. Like this has been, Robo will start referring to it as Jared's Richmond, and then we'll be written out of this equation completely. I love that Jared's gone with Will Anderson's Richmond as if. Like you and I have split up and we're both like trading on like <laughs> yeah, the terms right. that we've like come up with together. And so like I'm the guy who's like, you know, touring as the Little River Band, but I'm only like the drummer yeah. from the Little River Band. Where you, like I, so I have to go with, he's not talking about your Richmond, Charlie. Right. He's talking about trademarked. I trademarked it last yeah. week. Will Anderson's Richmond. Yeah, Axel so, Rose's Guns and Roses Anderson. experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's that when you're touring, when we split up and you're doing the two guys, one cup experience, you could, that's yeah. when you can be Will Anderson's Richmond. That's right. I'm, I'm doing a podcast with Buckethead. From the, from... <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me to see Buckethead. I mean, we have a cat man. We have uh, what's his face? The Collingwood guy is racist with the gold jacket. What's his name? I mean, Joffa. I think that um, Joffa, I don't think, I think racism might be actually the least of Joffa's worries these days. Oh, really? Was yeah, well, there been another scandal? Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't dipped yeah. into Joffa's world for a while. Yeah, they had, they had to retire the gold jacket, put it that way. <laughs> they had to ask for the gold jacket. <laughs> now, I heard your dogs barking in the background, so let's get to the yeah. dogs. Um, is it Bevo's bottom boys or Bevo's bottoming out boys? You tell me, give me your assessment. Mm-hmm. I think Geelong are the best team in the competition. Mm, no scary. So it's hard to... Um, okay, well, here's what I would say. If, Be- if Bevo's bottom boys are indeed at their best being bottom boys, if they're not going to be bad bottom boys, they're going to be beautiful bottom boys, <laughs> as we you know the Bulldogs can be. Yeah. Those beautiful Bulldog bottom boys. Yeah. They needed to lose this one, Right. Like, because if we'd won this one as well, if we beat Melbourne and then we beat Geelong, guess what we aren't anymore? 
bottom boys. No. Regardless your, of your how middle, your middle men. At that point. Yeah, <laughs> middle exactly. eight men. And the one thing that Bevo <laughs> is a middleman. The middleman. Cut the middleman out of it. He, like always, only wore movement watches and sunglasses <laughs> because that is he hates such it. A niche joke, and it doesn't even make sense for this podcast, but I love it. <laughs> Hated the middleman, and so I think uh, in the mythology of bottom boys, yeah, this is a good one to lose. Didn't expect to beat Geelong in Geelong. Played well for a little bit of the game that indicated that at our best we can take it to the Cats, mm-hmm. but had a very Melbourne Grand Final esque third quarter. Yeah, that meant the rest of the competition is suddenly like, is it Richmond? Is it St Kilda? And that's a good place for a bottom boy to be in, you know. Yeah. I mean, they could not have played better in that first quarter. Like, I watched that game because I think I tipped the Bulldogs. And I was like, far out, man. They are on. And in my head, I'm like, this is a blueprint for how to beat the Cats. All you need is exquisite precision skills. <laughs> like, you can't miss a yeah. target and you just got to keep running. Because that's the Bulldogs just were cutting them up, but it was all incredibly... Mate, as long as you can stop their midfield from touching the ball their midfield are completely ineffective yeah turns out the minute they get the ball they're fucking great yeah and their forward line as well i mean that's the other thing too is when they started breaking the bulldogs down as those out the back goals where the team pushes up and then they all run back behind the ball it's like i mean jeremy cameron as a midfielder or at least a high half forward is a fantastic place to be as a football team like when you can have what would be most teams key forward most teams stay at home forward just roaming around just grabbing the ball wherever he wants and delivering it inside 50 maybe even kicking it and like you know in junior footy where a guy would kick the ball then run and mark his own kick like he'll probably do that in a game and it won't surprise me well i thought it was brave of bevo to drop alex keith our only legitimate backman <laughs> for a game against the two best backmen in the league but you know this is the way that bevo likes to think about it he's like you know what you know who should be playing on these guys no one really so yeah. let's just let him roll around <laughs> we'll see what happens well yeah the cats definitely look scary uh another team that looked back to their best were the demons uh, completely smashed Freo, it's got to be say. Um, once again, Freo are brought down not by their position, but by the weather. Freo in the wet. Freo in the wet are Allergy like those... Terrain. They're like the aliens from signs. <laughs> their one weakness Mate, is it just they can't get wet. They're, they're gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Freo are. They're gremlins. You cannot feed them after midnight or get them wet. I mean, it is bizarre, like that in the modern day there would be a team like that. They don't even play under... Like, if they were based at Marvel, you could at least understand it. But, like, it does rain in Western Australia. I know it's mostly sunny, but it does rain over there. How have they, uh, like, engineered themselves to be this team that can only play dry-weather football? I think it's probably one of those things where it's less about living in Western Australia and it's more about that you don't know you're recruiting somebody who can't play in the wet until it's wet, yeah. right? Like Because you so rarely play in wet conditions that how would you know if any of these guys are good players in the wet or not? And in fact, it would be quite silly of you really to recruit a player in this modern day and age who was only good you know, in wet conditions because so rarely do you get wet conditions. I think Freo, much like when Hawthorne you know, had all those left-footers, you know, they recruited a whole bunch of left-footers. I think Frio have, like, heavily invested in, like, buying only dry-weather players <laughs> and, like, you know, and trying to get them a little bit cheaper and then just hoping it won't rain. 
Well, uh, one of those players, uh, David Mundy, has announced his retirement, um, uh, which, you know, makes sense. He's he's very old. Because he's 65 years old. I was going to say. government <laughs> age of retirement. <laughs> well, you've just highlighted the point I was going to make. Uh, who is going to be the target of all our old jokes next season? I mean, it's been such an easy get out of jail free. This is, David Making a David Mundy joke has been our long bomb out of the back line when you're under pressure. Just kick it long. It's just make a David Mundy joke. But now, like who immediately comes to mind as being the oldest player? Who do you go to next? Uh, would it be Scott Pendlebury? Is Scott Pendlebury the... He doesn't seem old, though. Um, yeah, who is the next oldest player in the AFL at the moment? Is it Scott Pendlebury? I mean, probably. But he, the thing about Joel David Selwood? Mundy is because he, he has that classic Western Australian look, he actually looks like he's from another era. Like Scott Pendlebury and Joel Selwood, they have, they're fairly generic in their, in their looks, whereas like if David Mundy... If you saw him walking out of a Just Jeans in 1985 with a shark's tooth necklace and he's on his way down to Scarborough, you'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> that makes complete sense. Yeah, I reckon you'd still think he looked a bit old-fashioned. <laughs> Even in 1985. You'd just be like, who's that old dude trying to pretend to be young? Do you think David Mundy rocks up to training and, he, and they're like, oh, hey, no, David, retro round is next week. <laughs> <laughs> you know that I love this about David Mundy too is he feels like an old man to me but he is one decade younger than I <laughs> like you know like it, I, I find that weird because like compared to me he is a young man but when you watch him on the football field he still feels older he feels Does, really is that old. a weird thing oh, like you no, that can, makes com complete sense so do you think with David Mundy retiring because I'm trying to think of any other way who now epitomizes that Western Australian look because I feel like He's the last of that era, that Sean McManus kind of era where they have the, the stringy two-minute noodle hair and, you know, uh, it's that surfy look. I, Nat Fife sort of has it, but he's cut his hair a bit shorter this year and I think sort of Fife is in his own category, but I just don't know that there's any Western Australian footballers now that are, that are maintaining that distinctly Western Australian look and I think that's a real, that's a real shame. Well, you know who I think it should be? Who? The big B, Sean Darcy. <laughs> like I would love to see Sean Darcy out. grow out his hair and get David Mundy style ringlets because imagine <laughs> like if Jackson goes over there as is the big rumour that J Jackson's yeah. going to be playing at Freya next year we talked about the idea of having Lob and English as the Bulldogs as the two tall twin blonde towers. gentlemen yeah. um, the Twin Towers the blonde Twin Towers what about like I mean, because Luke Jackson's pretty surfy looking anyway. Yeah. Like, he's got the long hair. He's got that sort of look. What if, like, Sean Darcy also leans into the idea that he's going to... Maybe in his last game, as he's being chaired off the field. So, like, Sean Darcy puts David Mundy up on his shoulders and chairs him off the field. And David Mundy scalps himself, <laughs> right? Like, well, literally scalps Well, maybe not his scalps himself, but his cuts, it, cuts his hair. <laughs> He doesn't have to scalp Cuts his hair off. I, well, I want him to be able to put it straight on Sean Darcy's head. Well, how about this? You know I, mean? I want him to... Huge yeah. reveal. It's a wig. Mm. David Mundy's been chaired oh, off. He peels it off. He reveals it's a wig. He's been bald the whole mm. time. And in a like very ceremoniously, he places it onto Sean Darcy's head as the new... You are the, the torchbearer of the West, distinctly Western Australian haircut look. This is hair that Sean McManus gave to me at the completion of his career, and now I'm passing. And now, it on my to son, you. I, I pass it on to you. I mean, Sean does. He's an interesting cat too, because he he looks like a giant baby. 
And he doesn't really have any distinguishing features apart from the fact that he looks like a giant baby. So this might be the distinguishing feature he needs. We always talk about how some players take about four to five years before they get their thing. I'm happy for Sean Darcy this to be his thing. He just becomes the new surfer bro of Western Australia. Yes. <laughs> like, I, 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 think, I think so. Okay. Because I like that West Coast have clearly had a lot of success with Nick Nadanui. He's a ruckman. He's kind of that, you know, cool, hip, the kids like him. Yeah. But you know what, like, kids are not going to like? A giant baby. <laughs> They're going to be terrified of a giant baby. This is like, can you imagine taking <laughs> your child to the football and going like, oh, hey, there's there's someone who looked like you two years ago, except he's seven foot tall. Like, that's terrifying to a child. Uh, let's talk about the D's for a bit because they were ruthless. <laughs> Dad, what happened to that baby? Why is that baby so big? Why is that baby so <laughs> You should see the size of his mother. That makes a lot more sense when you realize she's 14 foot tall. <laughs> uh, the Demons, they were ruthless. Uh, they completely took apart uh, Frio. And they showed a bit of nastiness. I'm not sure if you sure saw this, but as uh, the players were coming out of the race, uh, Jake Melksham, or as we like to call him this show, Milksham, grabbed a Frio supporter's uh, Guernsey that he was dangling over the rails and, 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 and just threw it to the ground. And here's what the commentators had to say. When the Melbourne Football Club uh, came out through the tunnel tonight, let's just have a look at Jake Melcham. There's the jumper. <laughs> Jake the Snake's just climbed it. <laughs> Dropped it on the ground. <laughs> so this seems to me like Melbourne are perfectly setting themselves up for a heel turn, which I think you know after they won the flag there's no better team to be the heels like they have that kind of blue blood reputation you know they can be arrogant they've got a bunch of players who are kind of like untouchable in a way and now they add this element to the game with their like i mean it's something you would see in the wwe like a heel come out and rip up a kid's sign or something they're doing that i think this is a good direction for melbourne like so i think absolutely tearing jumpers but I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I feel like it needs to be more personal than that. Just tearing a jumper out of someone's arms when it's being waved down. Like, I mean, that's taking candy from a baby. I want them to actually take candy from a baby. I want them to be going through, yeah, going Sean up. Darcy. <laughs> Not the big baby. Make them, no, sorry. Just regular size babies. Okay. Forget the big baby. <laughs> regular size babies. No, I'm like talking like a goal celebration, for example. Like, yeah. you know, say milk, the, the milk sham. Yep. He kicks a really good goal. He runs along the boundary line and he literally just like grabs Maltesers out of the hands of the opposition support. Slaps them out of people's hands. Sees a bald guy, pats him on the head. <laughs> Gives people like scones and noogies and dead yeah. arms and red arms. What is it? I was going to say, you can't, can you say Chinese burns anymore? Is that, what do you call them, arm burns now? Yeah, arm burns. I think, yeah, I don't think, you, yeah, you definitely cannot say Chinese burns, even though we've both said it there. <laughs> but you cannot say that. Um, yeah, I would love to see Melbourne lean into this. Like, I mean, even could, could you go the step further on grand final day, say Melbourne make it to the grand final, they come out first, they run through their banner and they sneak around the back of the cheer squad who are putting up the opposition banner and they tear down the opposition <laughs> banner just as they're about to run out and run through it. Yes. I think that's, I think that's how Melbourne stay relevant and how they stay kind of on the front page. Because for a premiership team, like they get knocked around a bit by the bigger clubs, like the Collingwoods and the Carlton's and stuff. I think this is the, yeah. perfect, the perfect direction for Melbourne to go in. Well, it's a good time for like a big club to be hated. That's what I was going to say. Collingwood, people have got a lot of affection for Collingwood at the moment. They're enjoying that story, right? You've got Carlton, 
Carlton, like they might miss the finals. That's like fun by itself, but um, it, it doesn't make them that sort of hated, terrifying club that you know you want. Essendon aren't in the finals race, like so. Who does feel that idea of being that club that everybody can get behind hating? I think Melbourne is the team. Yeah, I, I agree. They are perfectly poised to be the the competition's heels. Um, uh, last week, Adam Spencer wrote in suggesting that we need uh, tell it like it is round where coaches get to come out and say what they're really thinking. And I think we saw a few examples of that. Bevo was surprisingly restrained. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw Brett Ratton's press conference, but, you know, he came out after the Saints, you know, had sort of squandered a 42-point 40, lead and only won by a couple of goals against the Hawks. And someone, he was questioned about it. And he's like, I would just like someone to say, hey, nice job. You know, it's always so negative about the Saints. And it's like, mate, no journalist. They're not going to open a press conference with nice job, rats. Well done. Like, I know. Firstly, we hey, have rats, been nice job. <laughs> nice <Good> job. <laughs> Firstly, great job. <laughs> I mean, it really, he sounded You're like. You're amazing. You're doing great. You're powerful. Breathe. <laughs> he sounded like a, a husband who feels like underappreciated at home. He's just like, you know, I do all this stuff. You know, I just I just want someone to say, well done, Dad. Thanks for taking the rubbish out. Just a little bit of appreciation that I unpacked the dishwasher. <laughs> is, it too, is it too hard to start with? Thank you for unpacking the dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. So Rats is basically becoming Rodney Dangerfield. I ain't getting no respect. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, but then obviously the big one uh, uh, is Mark McVeigh. And, and he, the, this clip has been played ad nauseum. But the highlights are he, he basically said that the, the players were an embarrassment to the club. He said there was eight players who put in an effort and the rest of them were just, were just checked out. And I think it's an interesting tactic for a caretaker coach to neg the club uh, <laughs> that he's vying to be the coach of. How did you read the situation? I read it like... He doesn't think he's vying to be the coach of them anymore. <laughs> like, this was, this is tell it like it is. This is what we want to see from our coaches. Yeah. And I feel like this is what the interim coach should always do. Like, so you, you, we get this like cliche of like, oh, you know, the new coach comes in, the team starts playing with more freedom. They're more attacking. They don't have the pressure of the structure and all these sort of things. And sometimes that can turn into good results, but it, it usually that often then fools a team into going, we're going to appoint the caretaker coach. And then that does not work out because you couldn't sustain it once it, you know, like you were having an affair and then you married the person you were having an affair in and went into another bad relationship. This is not what you want. Whereas what you actually need is someone to come in and sort your shit out. Yeah. Call a few things. Yeah. Maybe get you to do some work on yourself as well. Yeah. Maybe, you know what? Maybe it wasn't just enough to unpack the dishwasher. Maybe you should have been listening a little bit more and unpacking what your partner was saying rather than just putting the, the dishes back in the cupboard. It sounds like you think Mark McVeigh should be an assistant coach at St Kilda. They'll keep Brett Ratton in yeah. check. <laughs> well, what about the idea of somebody, like an external consultant, yeah. whose job it is, to just come in and tell it like it is. So like once, so once around, or like once a, maybe once a season, once per team per season, mm. you can institute like, you know, you're, we're going to get someone down the club to tell it like it is. And it's not the coach who says it because then like, obviously the, the players have that lingering resentment of like mm -hmm. really being told, but who is like notorious for being able to tell it like it is? Who would be, like if you were like, who's gonna, you know, be a straight talker? Doesn't even have to be in the Mel field, Brown. Just somebody. Campbell who's... Brown's dad, Mel Brown. Oh yeah. He likes okay. to tell it like it is. 
So every year, <laughs> the AFL appoints a tell it like it is consigliere, right? Yeah. Who they sit up there at a AFL HQ, and whenever somebody needs to be told like it is. <laughs> They're just like, so if you walk into a meeting with like the AFL hierarchy and Mel Brown's in the corner of the room, you're like, oh shit, <laughs> oh, I'm going to hear some home truths yeah. and some racism probably. <laughs> some racism and some home truths. Uh, your mate Howie uh, made an interesting comment uh, on the weekend. Um, they were, he was commentating the Port Pies game and uh, I think he just had Mason Cox on his podcast. And uh, the Bucks asked him a question. Just listen to this response. Do you barrack for guys that you've interviewed to have good games, Howie? Yes, because the media managers watch, Nathan, and if they have a quiet day, zoop, off the table. That. I figured that. Coaches like you get involved. Now, do you reckon he was joking, or do you, do you think that's actually true, that if you interview a player and following the publishing of that interview or that article, they have a bad game, the media manager's like, well, obviously it was the journalist's fault. Well, not clearly the journalist's fault, but it's that that player doesn't do well going down media street. So basically you're never going to get to talk to him again because you like did this big article on him and then he played terribly. Therefore, media street is closed for repairs. But do you think that is like a fair kind of assumption to draw that somehow those two things are correlated? Because I would have thought, you know, you compartmentalize your media street commitments with your what you do on the field. I would not think that the two, I mean, unless the article is Mason Cox comes out and says, I'm going to kick 10 on the weekend. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, sure. Maybe the media manager needs to rate him in. But if it's just a general chat about football and the player doesn't perform, I don't then look to the journalist. <laughs> to me, that feels like it's, 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 it's a misdirection by the media manager where the, where the attention well, should it's be a, directed. It's a, yes. It's an old fashioned, it's an old fashioned idea that yeah. like going down media street makes you play badly. And it's also just that obviously media managers believe that correlation is the same thing as causation. Yeah. They're just like, no, um, no, I guess it was the article. It wasn't that he kept running to the wrong positions and it wasn't that the ball bounced off his head that one time and it wasn't the fact that his guts were hanging out of his jumper. It was actually... <laughs> No, it was that article. It was yeah. definitely that top eight things that he likes about Top Gun. Yeah, it was that player profile. It was you naming The Shawshank Redemption as yeah. your favourite film in your player profile. Um, it's been a long time, Will, since we've featured the Fox Footy promo team on this. Uh, but from the people who brought us Head Surfing, You um, and Robocop, I caught this the other night and I just was like, listen, man, um, when you hear this promo, man, I think you're going to – you're going to get where I'm coming from, man. This is their Super Saturday promo, man. We're going further into space than Neil Armstrong ever did, man. Anything is possible today. We've got three games, post-game. Howie, Bucks, Brownie, Rui, Calf, and not a single ad break during play. This could be the night of our life, man. Super Saturday is on me, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? We're going to get higher than Neil Armstrong, man. It's going to be the night of our lives, man. Yeah. Like, what? What are you doing, Fox Footy promo team? Is this part of Retro Round? Was it like this idea no. that they had gone back to like the 60s or something? Was that like the parody that they were trying yeah. to do? It was, it's Cheech and Chong Round, man. We're going to get higher than Neil Armstrong, man. Like, that's... What? It, I don't know. Like, it is such a bizarre, like... 
But the but the persistent use of the term man, like you like you said, it's like Dennis Hopper is doing the promos, writing the promos for the Fox Footy team. It just was like I, I and and part of me is like, is that Howie? Because I had just sort of like listened to the Howie commentary in the Port Hollywood game, like. But then he refers to best on ground with like Howie, you know, and and Rui, and and I'm like, he wouldn't refer to himself in the third person, would he, man? <laughs> I mean, I. I don't, I don't think so, but it does sound like somebody trying to cover the fact that they've done their own voiceover. Like, you know, he's done this <laughs> oh character. Oh, like... you've got, I mean, can you text him and ask him? Can you? Just, I mean, you've got his number, right? You don't. We don't have to find out today, but I need to know if that was Howie, man, doing the Fox yeah. promo voiceover, you man. That's good. Best on ground, man. <laughs> it's real dope, man. I'm going to get higher than you, Armstrong, man. You Where's know who's da- great? That Howie, man. <laughs> Hey, Howie, where's David Mundy? David Mundy's not here, man. Man, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, it's time for one of our uh, Australia's second favourite segment. Brain Dwayne. Yes, it is Brain Dwayne where we highlight some good and some not so good commentary, all in honour of Dwayne Russell, who, uh, it must be said, Will, uh, uh, there was announcement after announcement last week. It was all over social media. Dwayne Russell's had his uh, contract at SEN extended by two years. Have you seen that amount of kind of like publicity for a commentator extending their contract? For an afternoon show? Like it's not even like one of their mainstream shows. And it's on SEN, which like is not the hugest listen. It's I mean, it's a niche. It's good at what it does. But it's yeah, it was like... To be honest, I was like, man, we should be getting more publicity for our podcast. Yeah. If Dwayne is getting this much, he's re... Like, I, I didn't even know his show was called Dwayne's World. I mean, it's obvious now that yeah. it's said out loud, but in, this is how little it had been on my radar that I was not aware that Dwayne Russell had a show called Dwayne's World. Uh, well, on the weekend, uh, Jared Healy, another one of your favourites, was commentating the Crows and the Blues game. Uh, Tex Walker uh, had a pretty good game. There's a there's a bit of play where you know what it was actually. I will say this: it was probably Jared Healy who was doing that promo at Fox, <laughs> and originally he was just saying Dan oh, yeah. for Dan Andrews. <laughs> yeah. You know, are we going to have a good show, Dan? Yeah, we're going to hire are we, Dan. <laughs> You're like, okay, hang on, we'll just change it to Man Jared. <laughs> uh, so there was an incident. Um, uh, Tex Walker missed a goal from like directly in front, and Jeremy. McGovern gets into him and then the very next play there's a turnover and Tex kicks the goal and listen to Jared's little insight to that moment Tex might just walk up to Mitch McGovern and say he who laughs last you know laughs longest he who laughs Tex might walk up to Jeremy McGovern and say he who laughs last laughs longest do you think that's what was going through Tex's mind when he walked up to Jeremy McGovern I can't imagine with a mouth guard you could say he who laughs last laughs longest. I feel like that would just be. I mean, that might trip over Tex on a good day, I yeah. imagine. But like, he who laughs last laughs longest. That's no one saying that on a football field. I can't even believe that Jared Healy has ever said on a football, he who laughs. Like, imagine you're in the hustle and bustle of being on the field, and your opponent comes up to you and goes, he. Who laughs last, laughs, laughs longest. 
He was like, all right, cool. <laughs> In the words of Oscar Wilde. <laughs> uh, but the uh, there's an honorable mention, um, uh, Dwayne yeah. Russell. Uh, he uh, There was one, I can't remember what game it was, but he said he rode that bump like Cadell Evans, which I thought was pretty good. But okay. when in doubt, Dwayne goes old school and he reaches into the hyperbole tray okay, <laughs> and he grabs right. this one. So in the same game, the same Crows Blues game, there was a, like some pressure up the ground by the Crows and they scored a pretty good goal. But this is how Dwayne called it. Area, Schomburg, big hit with Charlie McHenry. Himmelberg, Schomburg. Open goal square, Keys. Player of the night. Maybe player of the year from the Crows. <laughs> We've had crumb of the year. <laughs> now we have player of the year. This is the man who's inside his own head after... Up, up and away or whatever he fucking said for that mark last week. We have liftoff. This is a guy who's been at home self-flagellating for yeah. a week, just going, I cannot believe all I went with was we have liftoff. I, yeah. like, I, I've just got to bring the hyperbole this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and he just waited for any moment. I mean, I watched yeah. the highlight. He's pretty good. Like, it's good pressure football. Mm. But much like Marbiol Charles Crumb, yeah, you know, pretty regulation for a football team. <laughs> there was another great moment that happened, and you probably saw this, uh, where two guys, one cup favourite, Matt Rowell, copped a falcon from a boundary throw-in, which I don't think I've ever seen happen before. And look, it's embarrassing enough, but when the commentary team's doing this... Ten minutes to play before half-time. Oh, that is a shallow throw-in. Uh, it's a backhead. <laughs> Is that a free kick? Yeah, it hit him on the full. Yeah, it hit him on the full. It's supposed to be a free kick. You can't pay a free kick for that, legit. You reckon the embarrassment's enough? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I mean, it's something... You can't do it to Matt Rowell. Like, first of all, it's like he... It's not his fault. It was the umpire's shallow throwing that hit him in the back of the head. But just the laughter ringing. And th this is only like, that's one third of, of the analysis that that moment got. They then spent the next like two minutes playing the replay and talking about whether or not it should have been a free kick against him. So not only has he been humiliated, but then possible infringement. I mean, can't be a free kick. Umpire error. Like you can't blame Matt Rowell for the umpire throwing the ball into his face, right? <laughs> Here's what I will say. Is, is there a player who actually might enjoy it more than Matt Rowell. Like, because this is a guy that we know loves a footy. Loves a Sharon. You know what I mean? 52 of them at home, loves a Sharon. So the idea that one just, like, smashes into his face, I mean, like, you know, when you love something, you Are we suggesting that Matt Rowell has never kissed a football? Because I, <laughs> I, I would put, like, $1,000 on the fact that at some stage in his life for a photo or as a celebration or just alone at night when he's in the privacy of his room with the 52 football. So he has kissed a footy. Do you think he's ever put a wig on a football and conversed with it, like Wilson style? I mean, that is a show. Matt Rowe <laughs> and a Sharon in a wig on an island. And you could literally call it talking footy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only... Like factually correct talking footy that's ever been. It's a talking footy yeah, and they're talking footy. Like, oh, hang on. Is there a new reality show where Matt Rowe got like trapped on an island with a footy? Oh, no, no, he's just on his end of season trip. Yeah. The rest of the boys went to Vegas. He's gone to a deserted island alone with a Sharon in a wig. Talking footy with a talking footy. The Matt Rowe show. Um, all right, Well, it is time for everybody's favourite segment. Ah! 
Whether it's Jake Lloyd or Tony Lockett, it's time for Pocket Profile Pocket. And I've got to say, with this Pocket Profile Pocket, uh, possibly the most requested Pocket Profile Pocket that oh, I've ever okay. seen. Like I had about right. at least a dozen people send me this in. And also a controversial Pocket Profile Pocket because there was an answer given in this Pocket Profile that made it memorable, which is why people send it in. And so when I went to the official AFL record to find the pocket profile, oh, they had on. removed the answer. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's right. So it's no longer in his pocket profile. Now, I have uh, I have both the edited and unedited no, I mean, version. That is, is it the only edited answer? Yes. They just took the whole question, the question and the answer out. So they are covering shit up at AFLrecords.com. Oh, like, mate, Michael Warner is this is this is where he really needs to mate. fucking lift the lid. <laughs> it's the censorship happening at the AFL record, and we know that they listen. Realize we know that, that they the listen. AFL record had a redacted department that <laughs> they were covering shit up. Like, tell us the truth. Well, it'll be interesting to see if you can guess what answer was so, so controversial. I, you know what I'm starting to, to suspect it. now? What is that heaps of players have said that I'm their favourite comedian. Oh! Record is fucking covering it up. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Changing the answers to Carl Barrett. Um, so the player in question is St Kilda defender Dara Joyce. Irish-born uh, St Kilda defender Dara Joyce. Um, okay. So the uh, the controversial question doesn't come right until the end. So we can, we can just right. take our time to get to that. So uh, his favourite non-AFL AFL sporting team... Uh, so he names a hurling team in Ireland, oh. and my clue so is. I was going to say I was going to say a Gaelic team. So yeah. at least I was at least in the zone that it'd be an Irish sport. So yeah, it's an Irish hurling sport. is it? A, so then are they named after counties? Yes, yes, I believe okay. so. And this county is could also be a, a a very famous South Park trope, at least for the first ten seasons. Mm, okay, county. Uh, county chef. County oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> county Tal. How did every early episode, or not every, how did... Mo county what? Kenny. Kill Kenny. Kill Kenny. Uh, kill Kenny, yes. <laughs> there you go. Well Brilliant. done. Well good done. Clip. Well, well, done. well done, you. <laughs> yeah. I doff my, my hats to you, sir. <laughs> and to you, sir. <laughs> Does Dara go to AFL games when the Saints aren't playing? Uh, interesting. Like, here's the thing about Dara. I've never heard of him before this pocket <laughs> profile, but I will say that there's a possibility he's in Melbourne and he is learning the game, I imagine. Being an Irish like lad, he, it, there might be some value in him actually going to watch he's been, other teams He's been in the live. system for six years, if, if that gives okay, you. Okay, no then. Correct. No, well done. He's not going, yeah. Wow, this is good. <laughs> he's he's done with that. First couple of seasons, I reckon he might have been going to see some games. But yeah, yeah. Uh, should the centre bound be retained? He mm. says yes, but he offers a condition, and it's kind of a cheeky answer for someone who's only really been playing the game oh, yeah. for six years. Yeah, it 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 should be if the umpires can actually get it right every now and again. Mate, you and Dara Joyce are fucking psychically linked. What is his non-football wish for 2022? This is, again, one of those generic... Uh, like, fam, non like spend more time, see his family, good I think this too. was actually a lifestyle show in Australia in, like, the 2000s, like, maybe late 90s, 2000s. It, it was called... Uh, uh, uh. 
Well, it's healthy and happy. I was going to say healthy, wealthy, and wise. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, but... does he want a better home and a garden? <laughs> 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 healthy and happy. I'm going to give you that one just because you had uh, one word. Right? Maybe. Maybe. Um, okay. What was his scariest non-football moment? Um, it involves golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hates having to do this in a golf game. This is the scariest thing for him to do. Uh, chip out of the bunker. No, first hit on the first tee. That's all right, though. I think you, you look, that was the first quarter and you got most of it right. Mm-hmm. Okay, who rules the roost in your household? Very common answer for a single man we've found on, on Pocket Profile. Dog. Dog, his dog. And for bonus points, what's his dog's name? Um, also oh. the name of a character from Twin Peaks. Okay. Um... I think it's a pretty common dog name, too. Okay. Um... One of the leads in Twin Peaks, lead characters, not Laura. <laughs> no, I was going to say not Laura Palmer. Not a common name for a dog. No, <laughs> my dog came wrapped in plastic. <laughs> um, no, I don't know what Cooper. His name, his dog's Cooper. Cooper. Oh, of course, yeah. Right. Uh, his most favorite, his favorite or most influential junior coach. Um, he mm. says Big Joe Joyce. So that's either I imagine his dad or his brother, Big Joe Joyce. Mm-hmm. A little funny answer here. The question is, where did you go to Auskick? And he says... Ireland. Oh, uh, no. I'm still at Auskick. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. That is funny. <laughs> <laughs> and if you saw his last game for the seniors, you'd say, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes, I was only meant to be playing at halftime. I didn't realise they were going to actually get me to play in the actual main game as well. <laughs> I've been dominating these kids. <laughs> What was the common theme of his report card? <clears throat> Not the usual answer. Oh, okay. I think that this could be, like, I can give you a little bit of background on Darryl Joyce. So he's mm. basically our backup fullback. So um, okay. Dougal Howard down at the moment. And so he's a big boy, um, but because he's new to the game, he doesn't really he doesn't really do, the, the, the skills aren't quite there, but he's, he's a hard worker and he's tough. Okay. Um, um, but whether or not this... Turns out and to have like, you know, more senior opportunities is, is yet to be seen. And his school report card reflects this. So they give oh, okay. a compliment, um, but then a reality check. Yeah. Um, he tries hard or, yeah. Hard he worker. himself, tries hard, hard worker, yeah. But? Um, lacks talent. <laughs> going nowhere. <laughs> That's what his teacher said. He's a hard worker, but he's going nowhere. Well, mate, he's gone to Australia, mate. <laughs> you little yeah, do you know. He's going to a whole different country to play a game you've probably never heard of, teacher. So guess what? He's absolutely going somewhere. And this is a really funny answer too. Did you have a part-time job where you were still at school? I'm just going to give you the answer because I think we need to analyze this. He said, no, I was a full-time student. Yeah, like every high school student is a full-time student, but they, I think you've misunderstood the question. Yeah. Unless things yeah, are different in the, Ireland. This is a guy who was working very hard and going nowhere, so it probably was a full-time job to be working that hard and be going <laughs> nowhere. nowhere. Uh, who's the best storyteller at the Saints? Um, he's a defender, raking left foot. Um, if they were to do like a, a new Spider-Man film... He sounds like he could be a character from a new Spider-Man oh, movie. Maybe he could be an okay. alternative universe Spider-Man. Mm, His first name's Jimmy. Okay. Uh, Jimmy, no, I don't know. Webster. Jimmy Parker? Jimmy Is Webster. There, oh, Jimmy, oh, Jimmy Webster. <laughs> uh, the best social outing organiser at your club. 
Well, it's it's a I don't I mean I don't know if he's been funny, but this guy's surname suggests a great time socializing. I mean, if you wanted to um if the promo team for Fox Footy <laughs> Mm. wanted to suggest that you get like Neil Armstrong, they might say, you should yeah. do this, man. You should get... Uh, get, oh, get oh, hi, get... Hi, yeah, that's it. That's half the name. Hi. Uh, if you should... Saints if, player. Yeah. You should get hi. Hi, 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 man. Hi, more. Hi, more. Tom, hi, more. You should, <laughs> you should get hi, more. I just didn't know you had a player called Hymore. Yeah, so he's only I apologise like... to that player also. <laughs> he's only played half a dozen games. Uh, okay. The most tech savvy well, teammate. Probably should Oscar... get high less if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the most Man. tech savvy teammate is Oscar Adams. You wouldn't know him. He hasn't even played a senior yeah. game. Um, okay, which teammate should run for political office in the future? Okay. Yes. And this guy would probably legalise marijuana if you know what I mean, Will. <laughs> is it uh, Hymore? Tom Hymore. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who Dara qualifies as the greatest rubbish talker around? Um, okay, I feel what? like they're not letting Dara talk to the whole list. Is what yeah. I'm hearing from this. <laughs> it feels like they've just gone. Here are your Australian buddies. Yeah. Oh mate, like I'm not like stay I away from Jack Steele. Should be the answer to every answer. Well, uh, yeah, it makes and and when we get to the controversial redacted. Okay answer that may explain why they said to him stay away from jack Steele and jay gresham we don't need you influencing okay. these guys okay sure. okay how does he rate his cooking skills from one to five mm-hmm. he's a cheeky fella this this dara yeah he's cheeky but he's also irish yeah um so irish, irish not known cook. For, well <laughs> yes i guess that's what i was saying that the irish are not known for their Cuisine. culinary uh, masterpieces. So I'm going to say that he rates himself, though. Um, I'm a great cook. Five out of five. Yes, brilliant. I think, look, this has been a really good... You've been in the slump had for a, a Had a bit of a tough patch. But you really are. I think this like is good. I feel like I'm finding him again. You're tuning right. up. You're tuning up before finals. Uh, what's his best dish? This is a real traditional English dish. Uh, involves meat and potato mm. arranged in a specific way. Uh, oh... Um, shepherd's pie. Correct. Shepherd's pie. His worst cooking disaster. And I don't even know how this is even possible. He did something to pasta that should not be possible. He burnt pasta. He burnt pasta? (laughs) How do you do that? I mean, I imagine he was baking something, right? Or maybe in the frying pan. He might have been finishing it off in the frying pan and then he's... uh, he had Matt Rowell around. Away from, he's yeah. like, let's he get the chorizo. The <laughs> yeah, exactly. get the chorizo he's got the chorizo pasta in the, in the bowl. He's walked away for a second because the dog wanted something. And you know who rules the roost in that house? It's the bloody dog. <laughs> uh, has he ever used Dr. Google to diagnose an injury or an illness? Hmm. Yes. Correct. God, this is great, Will. This is really impressive. Golf, tennis or neither? This should be pretty easy. Uh, well, definitely golf. Golf, correct. Can Dara keep a secret? Interesting. Well, here's what I will say. He absolutely can't, but whether he will say that he can or not is the actual question here because I there's one thing I know about him is he cannot keep a secret. But um, does he think he can keep a secret? That is the actual question, right? Like Because we're actually asking for 
player's self-identification. He's mm-hmm. already dobbed in high more twice. Like, this is a dude who absolutely <laughs> cannot keep things under his hat. And he's had a redacted answer, which I've never heard about in the history of the footy record. So he's not able to keep a secret. But does he know that he's not able to keep I'm a secret? I'm loving this. I'm loving this deductive reasoning. Yeah, it's I brilliant. don't know, though. I don't know which way to go on it. I'm going to say he thinks he can keep a secret, but he actually can't. Always keeps a secret. Yeah. So I'm going to give you that. Liar. Yeah. No, that was you know, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. No, no I got it. I, I got needed it. to lock in what the answer was. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Um, his idea for a perfect day. Well, basically, he just um, injects this thing in between breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I think it should be pretty obvious to you what he would be doing in between. In between. Perfect day. What's his perfect day? What's he mentioned a bit so far? Golf. golf. He just like golf. Breakfast, golf. Lunch, golf. Golf. Dinner and then pints. <laughs> He's Irish. Uh, something you are most proud of? Well, I tell you what, his bloody high school teacher would be surprised by this. Moving to Australia. Surviving on a list for six years. That's sort of in the same, sort of in the same area. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give All you right. that one. Sure. Um, what's his biggest fear? Has to do with being a professional footballer. I'd say most footballers would. Injury? No, it's more of a, a an off se- off season or end of season thing. Oh, drug testing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that would be very telling if that was his answer. I fucking Pre- hate pre-season. the drug test. <laughs> no, pre-season. exit interviews. He hates exit oh, interviews. Okay. Uh-huh. It's because he's been scarred by his high school teacher who said he works well, out exactly. and he's going nowhere. <laughs> now, right. Will. He's a hard worker. He's going nowhere. This is now, the redacted answer? We are at the redacted answer. Okay. So I'm looking at the official uh, AFL record website and he's not there, yes. but I have gone to one of the uh, photos that someone's snapped from a hard copy of the footy mm-hmm. record. Now, the question is, <laughs> if you could play a musical instrument, what would it be? Mm. And his answer has caused the AFL to panic and remove it from all digital versions of the record. Do you need so, a clue on this? Well, I, so it's something that originally went through, right? Yep. So is it something that is a real musical instrument? No. Or is it a expression that sounds like a musical instrument? Yes. Yes, it's, like, it's definitely... Like, you, it's the, a definitely... Like, for example, like like I play the skin flute. For <laughs> well, bingo. Ding, 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 ding. It's not like I play the skin flute. It's literally skin flute. Well, uh, so here's my only, like, that was the immediate thing that came to mind was skin flute, right? But, yeah. and I do feel like I really do quite know this guy. I will say that. For a guy I'd never heard of 10 minutes ago, I really do feel like I get him. But I, the only reason I wasn't going to say that was I can't believe it made the cut the first time around like that somebody did not pick up skin flute and like the, the fact that that actually got printed is well a it's, am- it's amazing that you haven't because this was all over social media it was a lot of like footy meme websites and stuff like republish this and a lot of people mm. speculating on what happened and there was one theory which i think could hold water and look we know that the afl record listened to this program and so if they want to write in and tell us exactly what a happened response an official some, response we'd love to hear it 
maybe like the sub editor or whatever assumed because he's Irish that the skin flute yeah. is a, <laughs> traditional a traditional Irish, Irish instrument. I mean, I guess you don't want to be culturally inappropriate. <laughs> That's right. Here's what I would do in that situation: not assume. I'd Google. I probably wouldn't type in skin flute immediately. And if I did, and the work the work computer wouldn't let me access it, I'd know it was probably a joke answer. I mean, this guy said glockenspiel. What's that a bloody euphemism for? His balls or something? <laughs> All right. Uh, what TV series is he binge watching? Never heard of it. Uh, too Hot for Handle? Is that like a reality show about it is hot too people? Hot to Handle. The best movie of all time. Mm. Now, it's confusing. The Irishman. (laughs) Skins, no. Uh, uh, He says Spider-Man 3, but it is unclear whether he's talking about the Tom Holland Spider-Man or the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. What do you think he meant? I mean, is this a new pocket pocket profile? Is this recent? Yes, this this is last week. from last week's footy record. This is literally from this last week. No, well, then it's got to be... To, well, it's Tom either Holland? a joke answer because Spider-Man Three is not, is not He's the notoriously best of the original bad. Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, so it's either a joke, one of his traditional jokes. But I'm going to say he probably means of the new series. But come on, specify. And also, AFL record. Like you've dropped the ball in this particular <laughs> example. Like you, a you've let skin flute slide through, which <laughs> yeah. you should not have done. You should never let a skin flute slide through. Which of the Spider-Man franchises is he referring to? I mean, this is a mystery. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that really needs like a stronger research team in the footy record. In fact, you know, we should actually promote the footy record. We get, look, we get content out of it and we should encourage everyone to uh, subscribe or go to thefootyrecord.com.au and uh, at least get a digital copy sent to you if you don't want the hard copy because it's a great publication, but they just need more sub editors. (laughs) I'm hearing get the hard copy because yeah. that's where the juicy stuff that's is. That's where the good well, stuff fucking, is. Oh my when God. they get to the big end of town and Hutchie goes through with a fucking marker and crosses out <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right. That was uh, Pocket Profile for this week. Um, before we get to the mailbags, let's just let people know uh, about some other stuff we have going on. We have a, a website, tofop.com, where you can hear all our great podcasts. We uh, have one called Tofop. Uh, 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 that's like this, but with less footy talk. Uh, we have another one called Fofop, where Will and I take it in turns uh, to interview different people. Uh, I have Michael Chamberlain of the Junk Time AFL podcast on this week. So if you're a fan of Junk Time, you might want to go to tofop.com and check out Fofop this week. And Will, you've got shows coming up. I have a show, uh, Sunday, August the 7th, which is this weekend, this Sunday coming. um, I will be at the Athenaeum Theatre. Justin Hamilton is doing support. It is the final time that I am ever doing my show, Logical. Uh, Hilariously, this morning when they sent me the ticket sales, it is 69% full. So I would love to sell the rest of uh, those tickets by the time it gets to Sunday. So I'd love for you to come and see the final ever performance of Logical on Sunday. Uh, Okay, we're getting to the mailbag. A lot of people wanted to get your thoughts on Jack Harlow uh, wearing the Bulldogs polo after wearing a Fremantle hat and a Demons polo. How do you feel about that? Mm, Yeah, I'm with uh, Charlie Cameron when it comes to Jack Harlow. (laughs) Overrated. Overrated. Uh, uh, Kate on Twitter. Oh, sorry. If you want to get in touch with this, you can at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Kate uh, has says a Richmond are looking very Colin Woody. Ha 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 ha. I like that. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. Oh, you don't like Colin Woody. <laughs> Moving on. No, I like. I'm, I like it. Gumboy says, I'm thinking the Lions would rather come fifth than fourth at this stage because they'd play a home final rather than take on Melbourne or Collingwood at MCG or Geelong at Cadinia Park. I'm calling this Fagan's fifth, kind of, Fagan's fifth force. 
Okay, Fagan's fifth force, I think, is good. But that means you're probably going to get, like, St Kilda, Richmond or the Bulldogs, which I'm not sure are particularly easy games either, are they? Well, what's the easy game? What do you want? I mean, get, they get them at home. That, that's the, I think that's the point. Is you, you have you, you've got to win more finals, but you at least you get I mean, one at home. It, it, but, you make a good point. There's not a lot of easy games, is there? <laughs> but also, the Lions have not had a great record in finals at the Gabba anyway. So I don't know that you... You might as well finish top four and just get the double chance and try and win at home when you can't really do that. Um, Todd says, hey, did you know the Lions have a guy in their VFL team this week called Shadow Brain? I feel like a guys would, you guys would appreciate that. So I'm assuming it's pronounced Shadow or Shadow. Shadow. Actually, could, could it be Shadow Brain? S H A D E A U. Shadow. 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 It could be Shadow. Who is Who is Shadow Brain playing for? The Lions. Hang on, I'm just going to pop him into Wikipedia and see what comes yes. up. Shadow Brain. Shadow I mean, Brain. It, it actually feels like something they identify after a concussion test, doesn't it? <laughs> He's got a little shadow brain. He's going to be out for three weeks, but we expect him to be back for finals. Uh, I'm not getting any Shadow Brain coming up. On, this is real. Hang on. Let me just try this. Thing. I'm going to have to copy and paste this. Copy. Mm. Shadow Brain. I mean, when it comes to AFL names, this could be the one that takes the cake, right? right? I mean, we want more brains in the AFL, right? Yeah. Here we go. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. Shadow Brain, there's... Oh, he doesn't... Okay, so we'll, all we've got is a... Because he's a rookie-listed player. Uh-huh. Don't have much of a bio on him at all. I just have his stats that he is 185 centimetres tall. He was born in 2004. He plays in the NAB League, boys. This sounds like made up. Like, this sounds like if they were doing, like, an animated, like, AFL-themed kids cartoon. There'd be a character called yeah. Shadow Brain who plays the like NAB real, League boys. Yeah, it sounds like a spin-off from Specky McGee to me. It doesn't sound like a legitimate thing. <laughs> oh, here we go. No, I found an article. The Tiger Cub who emerged from the shadows. This is from the Courier Mail. Oh, I'm not going to be able to open this because I don't subscribe to this newspaper. Meet Shadow Brain, the 16-year-old cub of Noosa Tiger's Playing years above his age group against men. Remember the name. Yeah, we will remember Shadow Brain. <laughs> and then that. underneath that, there's an article called Shadow Brain, a neuroscientist's journey through PTSD. There you go. See? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it's definitely a condition. Uh, big question from James. Are Carlton missing the eight? I mean, we can only dream. <laughs> it's the feel-good story of the year if Carlton somehow fuck it up from here. Well, you know what I will say? If Carlton do fuck it up for here, we owe an apology to those people on the Carlton WhatsApp groups and notice boards who've been yeah. predicting the fact that Carlton were going to miss the finals for half the season. Your your doomism was indeed correct. They they Carlton fans may end up being... There's two types of Carlton fans. They're the ones who are like, we're going to win the premiership. And then yeah. they're all the ones who are like, this is... A disaster. This is all smoke and shadow brains. Yeah. Like, you know, the, yeah, this is it's not... Legit, and they seem like they might be right. Uh, Pasha Bolker says, is the current Collingwood run of winning games by a kick their way of interpreting backs against the wall? See, if they're never more than a kick or so ahead, does this make it so their backs are always against the wall? That's the best theory yet that people have come up with. It's backs against the wall. Yeah, Yeah, so the idea is you can win from behind, backs against the wall, but also you just never get your back so far. Essentially... It feels like Flea is coach. 
um, fly? Flee. What is that? Fl- what do fly. <laughs> he doesn't play with the red hot chili fly. peppers. Fly. <laughs> Craig McRae. Craig fly Fly is, McRae. Yeah, sorry. Craig Fly, pretty fly for a coach guy, McRae. He obviously is like one of those mafia guys who, like, you know, won't sit with back to the, the front window of the restaurant. This is a guy who knows you don't ever get your. Look, it's a risky strategy, mm. but it's just better to be safe. Never get you back too far from the wall. Yeah, don't get it's too working. far in front. It works well. I mean, it's, yeah. it's almost a Bevo's bottom boy type tactic, isn't it? Uh, James says two things from the Swans-Giants game. Kingy at one point claimed that in the old days, players would be fined $3 per stitch should they bring this back. I don't get that. Is that like for hitting a player you get fined and how many stitches you get you have to pay 3 bucks, Or is it stitches? Oh, or is it like stitches in like a when you get a stitch in your lungs, or is it stitches I mean, in your clothes? You'd imagine I'm going to say stitch in your lungs, surely. Right. Like you know, surely it can't be administered. You can't be earning like it costs you money if you like bust someone up. That doesn't make any sense. The only would be if you yourself get stitches and it's some sort of you know macho inside joke that like you know. Um, but how are you, but you how do you, like, but how do you count? Like no one gets multiple stitches during a game, right? You just get a stitch and then get over that stitch. So how are you putting like an individual monetary value on it? Like $3 per stitch. It's just a stitch. Or is it over the, like the course of the season? This is a dumb observation and I want to know more. <laughs> so James, did you give us some more information <laughs> about what he's referring to? Uh, in the same game. Up. Dermy argued that it was going that it was against the rules to throw your mouth guard in the air. What the fuck is he on about? Uh, I believe that is true. When you're standing the mark, you can't throw your mouth guard in the air to uh, put the player off, which makes sense to me. I think that's a that's a pretty common sense rule, don't you? Don't want bloody saliva. Yeah, but going the everywhere. rule isn't that you can't throw your mouth guard in the air in general, is it? Like it's just in that one specific in that one instance. So, like if you. If you, at the end of the game to celebrate, grabbed out your mouth guard and chucked it up in the air, it wouldn't be against the rules. Yeah. I mean, if the umpire blew the whistle for that, then they should also blow the whistle when players put it in their sock just for being gross. Yeah. Like, that's so just... Put it back in your mouth, mate. <laughs> that's like reversal. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> We're reversing that free kick. That is gross. Is um, socks more gross than waste or is waste more gross than socks? Uh, I think waste is grosser than socks. It's closer to the balls. Whatever's closer to the balls is grosser. That's what I say. Okay. Closer is grosser. Yeah, closer is grosser. Charlie's uh, saying. Moving over to Instagram. Um, uh, Mangoriand says, mm. Shake, which Shakespeare play would you want to be rewritten or narrated with comments by Dwayne Russell? Oh. Romeo, Romeo. <laughs> Wherefore that? Well, this is the greatest suicide of all time. The greatest double suicide <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Uh, Ashby33 says, JB commentating that a play is underrated and not discussed. You're in the media. Speak about them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it works like that. <laughs> like, I don't think that JB, like, highlighting a player suddenly makes them uh, suddenly rated or discussed. Uh, Sage6984 says, Jace Burgoyne is already class and still eighteen year is still an 18-year-old twig. It's been 26 straight years of Burgoynes in the AFL. I mean, the Rioli would have to be the other like lineage. Oh, no, I guess it's Dustin Fletcher has them all on his own, doesn't he? How long did he play for? Like 46 years or something? But what? I like the idea of if you can't get a Rioli, you get a Burgoyne. Yeah, that, that feels seems like to me like, you know. Equitable. Yeah. 
I mean, maybe we can't produce 18 Riolis, one for each team in every season, particularly if we're going to expand the competition. But between the Burgoynes and the Riolis, we should get the job done. Uh, Brian Lightning says, is there a better feeling than ruining another team's chances of finals? Eat a dick, Carlton. <laughs> so I'm assuming Brian is an, is an Adelaide supporter. Uh, is it good to ruin another team's finals chances? I did when I, before the Saints game on Saturday at my local cafe, uh, I was wearing my Saints hat and a guy with a Hawks hat came up. So we had a bit of a friendly chat, bit of friendly banter. And I said to him, just lay down for us today. Like it means nothing to you. But it means everything to my club. You've got 13 flags. We've got none. Just let us play finals. He uh, he wouldn't have a bar of it. <laughs> and also, he probably doesn't have much to do with it, right? Unless that guy was Sam Mitchell that you were talking to. Like, it's not like that guy can then go to the game and go, hey, guys. Hey, come over here. I was talking to this guy in a cafe. This he made a pretty good point, actually. About this. We don't really need this, right? Mate, we're cool if you don't try. This guy really needed it. He looked real sad. <laughs> and that is two guys, one cup for another week. Thank you to uh, everyone uh, who has followed us over to the listener app and uh, keep subscribing. Um, tell a friend if you think it's any good. And you can also check out our other great podcast at tofop.com. We've done all our plugs. So all there's left to say, Will, is play on, not 15. Ball. We are two guys, one cup. Listener.